We are back with another episode of Sports and Whatnot. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about Kyler Murray, the Willy Wony playing for the A's or going into the NFL draft. We'll break that down for you. And then we're going to get into Dennis Smith Jr. and the seemingly impending trade there in Dallas with the announcement coming out today that the Eagles are rolling with Nick Foles as, or sorry, Carson Wentz as their starting quarterback. We'll break down some of Nick Foles' potential landing spots, and then we will go on to talk about the impact of Brandon Wimbush deciding to transfer to UCF. Stick around, it'll be a great show. Can't wait to ramble on to you guys. There's a lot of talk out there this week about Kyler Murray and his decision to enter the NFL draft and whether or not he will actually end up playing for the A's. I think, I believe the general consensus on this is that it's a leverage play. He uh, is trying to see how much money he can get, how much guaranteed money he can get from the A's. And as a former NCAA athlete, you can't uh, be mad about that. Uh, you gotta enjoy, you don't know how ride, how long the ride's gonna last. You gotta enjoy it while it's here. Gotta take full advantage of it. And, you know, I believe... Kyler probably has his mind up. He, he probably has his mind made up. He probably knows at this point what he wants to do. Um, I think you look at it, he's kind of leveraging both leagues against one another. Obviously, he's using the leverage of possibly playing uh, football to get more money in baseball, but he's also using uh, the baseball side of things in in the in the football side of things going forward you know he has this opportunity he was a number seven pit or number nine pick sorry of the athletics and he could go play baseball and that kind of makes him this scarce commodity uh and you know there's a lot of guys out there that have him first round pick some are more realistic and say no uh but this scarcity kind of gives people the sin- the fear of missing out and there are teams that will draft based off the fear of missing out on something and he that's playing into Kyler's favor now with Kyler there's obvious concerns uh, I'm not saying it's impossible to be a short quarterback and be successful in the NFL uh, you know obviously Drew Brees Russell Wilson Russell Wilson a mobile guy probably someone that uh, Kyler can learn something from uh, and uh, you know even he's probably 5'9", five, 5'10", five, maybe 5'11", I don't know if he's that tall somewhere in that range Kyler Murray is and um, even guys like Doug Flutie who were like 5'9", Doug Flutie found a little bit of success in the NFL so it's not impossible but the thing is he is a running quarterback and you're always going to put yourself in danger as a runner uh, especially when you're as slight as Murray is, which plays into the attractiveness of MLB over the NFL, which is uh, the fact that there's less chance of sustaining contact, severe injuries, less chance of brain trauma, which has become a very big deal, and uh, the, uh, the ability in the MLB to play much longer and make more guaranteed money over the span of time compared to the NFL, especially if you're good at it. 
and I think Kyler's Kyler's a smart guy. He understands uh, the risks in the NFL. I believe he wants to be an NFL player. You know, as a guy that was a former five-star kid, uh, he comes out and has one of the best college seasons ever. Finally, gets his opportunity. I believe he wants to be a NFL quarterback. You know, there's this level of rock stardom that just doesn't happen in the MLB that uh, exists in the NFL. You know, you take a guy like Mike Trout, who is an all-time great baseball player playing right now and nationally, globally, on a scale of stardom, he is severely underrated and underappreciated. But then you go to the NFL and you see a guy like Cam Newton, who a very talented football player, wouldn't necessarily call him an elite quarterback in the game right now. Certainly not one of the top quarterbacks of all time. But he has this charisma, this appeal, this rock stardom that just doesn't happen in the MLB. And I think Kyler senses a chance to kind of cash in on that. And, you know, like I said, I believe Kyler does want to play football, but he still loves baseball. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been playing two sports all this time and uh, have the potential to pursue it professionally. So I think that there is still an argument to be had. I think there is a level of persuasion, a dollar amount that can uh, persuade Kyler Murray to play baseball, select baseball over football because, you know, when you throw in all that money and you argue and you give the benefits of uh, playing the MLB over the NFL, there's a lot of more risks in the NFL. Uh, and, you know, his ability to play in the NFL is an uncertainty as it is. So I think that there is enough persuading that can be done that can convince Kyler Murray to play baseball over football I just think that his heart in his heart he wants to be a football player but it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out I hope he makes millions of dollars doing whatever he loves to do it appears that Dennis Smith Jr.'s time in Dallas has come to an end after only a season and a half being selected as the Mavs lottery pick last season I believe he averaged 15 and 7 a game a season ago he looked like an incredible find Uh, he wasn't necessarily highly touted as some of the guys in front of him coming out but it looks like it looked like last season that the Mavs had found a real steal in that draft and they were super happy with him and man whoa What a difference a year could make. Today, the era is over. I believe that Dennis Smith Jr. has probably played his last game in Dallas. And, you know, part of it this season, obviously with Luka Doncic coming in this season, trying to find a way to have him play more off-ball. I gave, in the last episode... I gave a number that uh, offered some hope for the situation going forward. Um, Obviously, 
extremely small sample size there, but uh, 6% of his shots coming on corner threes, which he was making 57% of, and a 57% corner three guy is a guy that you'd like to think would be able to play off the ball more. Uh, 72% of his three-pointers that he's making right now are coming off of assists, so another promising sign as an off-the-ball player, but uh, with lineups with Luca and Dennis Smith Jr. just haven't been working out this season, and it's not even that they don't get along. All reports are that they have a great relationship off the court. They just can't make it work on the court, and I feel like it's a little early to be giving up on that. When you have two talented players like that that you have done a great job of scouting and drafting on, hitting on both those guys, uh, you you want your franchise to be able to uh, come to terms and work that out because at this point it sounds like Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be sold low. It's going to be a very low price for what he might ultimately be worth. I think with young guards in the NBA, you have to give them a little time to develop. And I don't, I don't think that the Mavs should be so trigger-happy on this trade. Uh, you know, Dennis Smith, unless they take in real assets, which I don't think they will necessarily get tons and tons of assets for. Like I said, I think it's going to be a sell-low type situation, but uh, I believe the report by Woj cited the, both the Suns and the Magic, I believe. Both two teams are in desperate need of point guards. Uh, the Suns, they could be a bright team going forward. I'd really like them with Dennis Smith Jr. They need a point guard. Uh, he could work in there. And then in Orlando, you feel like they might be able to contend for that final playoff spot. Uh, they're in the hunt right now. A point guard might set them over the edge. And a playoff appearance in would mean a lot in Orlando. So it makes sense both ways. Uh, for either team there, but I just don't like the Mavs moving on too early from Dennis Smith Jr. You know, obviously, of course, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they uh, had enough foresight to see ahead of this thing and realize that Dennis Smith just isn't going to work out. I believe he'll work out somewhere, um, and I'd, I'd hate to see him. Uh, it, uh, the Mavs as a franchise probably hate to see him go so early, but... I guess when it's time to move on, it's time to move on. We heard, obviously, that Rick Carlisle has grown frustrating with him and his decision-making, but I think, especially as a young team trying to make it into a playoff, you have to be patient with that sort of thing when you're on the outside looking in because, like I said, young guards need time to develop. And I think that's what Dennis Smith Jr. needs in Dallas, but unfortunately, it doesn't seem like he is going to be afforded that opportunity. Doug Peterson announced today that Carson Wentz will be the equal starting quarterback going forward, which likely means that the Nick Foles era part two is done in Philadelphia. Uh, he had that historic season, the postseason last season, where he was named Super Bowl MVP and the improbable uh, win streak to reach the playoffs and then beat the Bears in the wild card round this year, but it is unlikely uh, they won't or at least shouldn't pay their backup quarterback 
20 million dollars to keep him around which I don't see happening uh, so it is likely that Foles will be in the market for a new team to play for this season uh, this next season and as of right now I see four potential suitors four potential landing spots that he could realistically end up going to as of right now uh, at number four jumping right into it I would say the Cincinnati Bengals they had another disappointing season this season uh, right now their starting quarterback is Andy Dalton who has not lived up to expectations he has underperformed for a few years now they are the identity of that football team is that they are a hard fought team that will compete and try to win so it you get the sense that if they can elevate their offensive game uh, if they can elevate themselves and make plays that they will have a chance to compete and they probably would like Nick Foles to be their starting quarterback. Uh, as you know, they have a new coach coming to town in Zach Taylor, the quarterback coach for the L.A. Rams. And it is likely that they're number four right now out of these four teams because it's likely that the Bengals wouldn't like to give up hope on Andy Dalton as their franchise quarterback, and they would like to at least see what Zach Taylor can do to come in and re-energize and rejuvenate Dalton and see what they can get out of this roster and out of their quarterback play on the roster already without having to make a big swing for Nick Foles. The number three team that I could see Foles ending up with right now is the Washington Redskins. A lot of this, a lot of this depends on Alex Smith and his recovery from that potential career-ending injury he had this season. Uh, complications after the fact have put his career in jeopardy. He, uh, you know, I'm sure Washington would love to have him back uh, if he can come back, but the... Alex Smith's former backup in Kansas City, Nick Foles, becomes an attractive option if they don't. You know, the quarterbacks they have on the roster right now, Mark Sanchez, Josh Jackson, I believe, yes, Josh Jackson, uh, don't, Josh Johnson, Josh Johnson, that's it. I, they did, sorry, long day. But those quarterbacks aren't cutting it going forward right now. They are not, uh, they the Washington Redskins need a franchise quarterback, especially after letting Kirk Cousins leave in free agency. They need a steadying force. And Nick Foles, uh, you know, he could be a guiding hand for that franchise. They should have made the playoffs. I believe they would have made the playoffs had Alex Smith stayed healthy this season. And he, uh, Nick Foles is a guy that can protect the ball uh, obviously, he had that season that was, I believe, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, ter terrific season in Philadelphia a uh, few years back now. And so he's a guy that can stick to that model that they were going with with Alex Smith, and that is uh, run the football, protect it, make plays, don't turn it over. And then he also has that upside in the postseason 
as we know, where he can go out and make plays and carry a team to a win. So very attractive option there with Washington. Uh, the only reason you might hesitate with Washington is, is if Alex Smith can come back, you'd like to think that uh, they would roll with him going forward. Uh, the number two team I have ranked in the Nick Foles sweepstakes as it is are the Miami Dolphins. Now, in Miami, they the rumors coming out is that they are focused on the 2020 draft and getting one of the quarterbacks there, whether it be Herbert or Tua. Uh, they, they like the crop coming out there. Not necessarily this year because the t- the talent at quarterback is thinner, but so they believe they believe that, uh, or the consensus around the league is that the Dolphins will probably be looking for a stopgap stopgap quarterback this season. Uh, if they were to cut ties with Tannehill, they would be able to shed thirteen point two million dollars. Uh, so that is definitely a viable option at this point. Uh, money that can be well spent elsewhere uh, than a mediocre quarterback who has str- one struggled to stay healthy and two struggled to compete at a level that can uh, get your team into the big games. I've never been real high on Tannehill. I don't believe he is a quarterback able to really lift your franchise to anything you might stumble into a playoff appearance as they did but not good enough to consistently get it done and Foles is a very attractive option in Miami uh if if they do have great success that roster has a potential to better itself uh maybe make a few moves this offseason and compete next season especially if they at a piece such as Foles at quarterback, uh, he can kind of tap into the potential of those wide receivers. He works uh, really well with wideouts, which is something uh, a lot of times, a lot of quarterbacks nowadays, you like they like to have safety blankets, but in tight ends and running backs. But Foles is a guy that loves to throw to his wide receivers. He's just a wide receiver throwing guy, always has been, uh, and. Miami has wide receivers. They've had wide receivers on the past that have underperformed. They have wide receivers on the roster right now that they'd like to get more out of. So, uh, possibly Miami. But the number one destination right now is in Jacksonville. And Jacksonville, they're done with Blake Bortles. They're not going to do another year of that fiasco. But right now, it's down... It's down to what Jacksonville wants. If Jacksonville wants a chance to compete this season but not commit to a quarterback long-term, they should target Eli Manning as a stopgap because they have a roster that can compete, and they've shown that in the past. Uh, If they can figure out some answers that arose this season and then bring in Eli Manning just as a steadying force, they'll be all right and should be able to compete for a playoff spot. And as Tom Coughlin would hope, a Super Bowl appearance. And that might be a little ambitious, especially with late career Eli Manning, but who knows? The magic those two have had, obviously, you they just need to get in with the way Eli Manning performs in postseasons. Uh, 
with that magic in New York with him and Tom Coughlin. But if you're looking for a long-term solution, if you don't see a quarterback coming up in this draft or the next draft in Jacksonville that they like, uh, it comes down to Joe Flacco and Foles. And Foles over Flacco, I feel like they both have won Super Bowls, both played great in postseasons. This is about as dead of a draw right now as it gets. Flacco obviously is trending down, whereas Foles is trending up. But I think part of Flacco trending down is just Baltimore and Flacco's relationship just running its course and the two outgrowing each other. Uh, so really, it's Foles' future in Jacksonville is going... If he has a future in Jacksonville, it will come down to whether or not Jacksonville uh, wants to go that direction. But either way they go, they can't really miss on this. I think uh, Jacksonville will be fine no matter what direction they go. But it, as far as Nick Foles' future is concerned... Uh, he will be on a new team and those are the top four in the running as I see it right now. It was announced that former Notre Dame quarterback Brandon Wimbush will transfer to UCF and that has great implications for the program going forward. And here's why. Uh, Wimbush... This season, he did not have a very good season. Ultimately, got benched in favor of Ian Book. And Notre Dame went on an undefeated regular season with Wimbush as the backup after the first couple games. But in 2017, he was an absolute spark plug. Played amazing football for Notre Dame and carried Heisman whispers coming into this season. And this... This quarterback transfer pool, uh, this essential free agency as it is for great quarterbacks that might just be stuck behind a guy that at the end of the day just is favored more by the head coach than they are, uh, they have opportunities to transfer now. And it's exciting to watch as a fan, uh, but ultimately what it ends up being is these quarterbacks just typically transferring around to slightly less powerful schools or schools still in Power 5 situations. Typically not Power 5 down unless the quarterback has some reason for going back home or they haven't played well at all. But with Wimbush, that's not the case. He played fantastic football just a season ago. And you know he had his choice of Power 5 teams. And the choice to UCF is monumental uh, for a program like UCF who went undefeated a season ago and had McKenzie Milton stayed healthy this season. I believe they would have went undefeated and beaten LSU in their bowl game this season. And that th- bringing in this... Uh, quarterback this almost high this Heisman potential quarterback into UCF into the fold here means that they have a chance to sustain 
their run into something more long term. They can be more than just a one off or a two off season. They can uh, morph into a sort of Boise State like football team that they are not in a Power Five conference, but they can be a perennial threat to make a run and compete with the big dogs. And that's not only big for them in UCF, it's big for every small school every non-power five football team because it gives them a whisper of hope that that hey ucf did it boise state did it maybe we can run this maybe we can run it back and do the same thing as well and that might open up a new avenue in this new world of college quarterbacks transferring uh they we might see teams with rosters similar to UCF with ability to compete that have shown that they can play they will be more confident in recruiting these guys uh to their programs and at UCF obviously with two hugely successful seasons under their belt and hopefully a third for them hopefully that they can get Wimbush in and he can spark them to a similar run that means you have probably a couple good really good recruiting years just off of success alone so you're bringing in higher profile players because of higher profile success that's just the way college football works and if you can keep hitting on guys keep bringing in the right kind of guys that's how you sustain these runs and Wimbush uh, provides another possible year of doing that I think they would have been fine without him I think Wimbush sets them over the edge. I think Wimbush gets them more exposure, which gets them more recruits and points their program in the direction of competing long-term, being a long-term contender. And for all Power 5, all non-Power 5 NCAA football teams, that is a wonderful thing. I feel like that went pretty well. Uh, so that was another episode of Sports and Whatnot. I hope you guys thought it went well. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to me ramble on about stuff. I certainly enjoyed it. I hope you'll stick with us next time, hear what I have to say, and continue listening in the future. Thanks, guys. This has been another episode of Sports and Whatnot.